Hello, pod fam, and hello, Rachel. How are you today? I'm good, Laura. How are you today? I'm doing good. I went to the gym today. Lovely, lovely. Yep. Yep. So that was mission accomplished. How about you? I am good. I'm very proud of myself today because when my alarm went off at 7, I got out of bed at 7.30 as opposed to 7.45. Wow. You were on it today. I was on it. And I mean, like, I kind of set my alarm at 7 because I know that I want to snooze for like two or three cycles. Yes, of course. So I'm like, you know, between 7.30 and 7.45, it's fine. But I'm just glad that the um, our work holiday break is starting soon because with the days getting shorter and shorter as we get closer to the 21st, like, I don't think I'll make it out of bed right nah, before. me neither. Like, I'm having a rough, I'm having a rough go of things. It's just, it's so dark and I don't like it. And I also have like, I live a bit out of town. Like I'm a bit more of a rural environment. So it's dark. Yeah. It's not like you have street lights. No, no. So, but yeah, that was a little win for me today. I had to tell you about it. Um, Otherwise, I am doing the marathon that is editing our red episode. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And by the time that this one comes out. The red episode will already be out and we are releasing yep. it as a bonus episode. So if you haven't mm-hmm. listened to it, definitely turn it on. She's a marathon. She's a long one. She was a marathon to record and she is a marathon to edit. But let me tell you, I've left it pretty raw because we say some good things. Awesome. So everyone can listen to us cry. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure we actually – literally cry twice. Yep. It happens. Yeah. Anyway, that's what our podcast is about. Welcome. <laughs> that That's really all you need to know. So if you're new here, um, buckle in. Exactly. Well, what are you drinking today? I have my don't worry, be happy tea again with me. I think I had it a few weeks ago now. And I don't know. I just was really feeling it. And I felt like just the name of it was giving me an energy boost, and I really need that right now. So, yeah. I love that you went for the calm and cool tea yep. because tonight I know I'm going to be spicy. So, I went yes. for the winter spice chai. Good call. Good call. Yeah. See, I'm just trying to keep myself from getting so over, like worked up in this that we're here for five hours. So I was like, let's subdue myself a bit. Boost my energy, but be subdued. Be subdued. And before we get into it, how did you enjoy the end of season four, One Tree Hill? I am savoring it for a few weeks, I think, because I just know that season five, episode one, I don't have any knowledge of what happens in that episode, but I just know that the writers are going to do that thing where they're like, remember those happy episodes, those uh, happy endings at the end of season four? Those don't exist now. It's been four years. Just wipe them all off the table. So I'm just savoring it because it was just so good. I honestly feel it was so perfect. And I feel like my opinion just mostly because I feel like I'm a bit biased because you've seen it, so I've heard your opinions. But I do feel like that would have been 
the absolute perfect ending. And there's the part of you that almost wishes that the last shot of that show forever was just the freeze frame of Nathan and Lucas playing on the river court together. I know. It's so good. It's so good. Like there's some music in that whole show that like you will never listen to the same way again. Mm-hmm. because it just always will now have that like oh this is a one tree hill song and i know what happened in this in this moment yeah and i actually have kind of a funny story so um well we've been watching the first four seasons i've been like revisiting and downloading mm-hmm. a lot of the songs mm-hmm. from the show mm-hmm. and um there's one song in particular it's called the disco it's by uh, shiny toy guns mm-hmm. um I recognized it on the show and I was just like, oh, I used to love that song. I'm going to download it. And I didn't really listen to it yet. Like I kind of like left it there for a couple weeks. And then I was in my car the other day and Mm -hmm. the song comes on. And as I'm listening, I'm just like, why, why am I having a flashback of like a dance routine (laughs) to this song? And then it dawned on me. Oh my God. So in high school, um, it was mandatory that you took at least like one art class. Um, yes. And it could be music, art, or drama. I am okay. not good at art or music, so I took drama. Fair. And a lot of the projects that we had were creating music videos. Oh, my God. Yes. And so as I'm driving along, I'm starting to remember all the moves no. to this music video. And thank God this was like before school projects and anything was posted to YouTube because somewhere in the ether is a music video of my friends and I dancing to this song. And I don't know how we got away with it in a grade 10 drama class. Oh, my God. Yep. So I I love it. That that, uh, little, little DVD or even VHS, who knows what it was recorded on, might one day come to light. I hope it doesn't. Little cassette tape. It could be a cassette tape. Who knows what it was recorded on? But yes, somewhere out there, there is a video of a bunch of grade 10 girls dancing to this song and not very well. I love it. I mean, I personally want to find that just for my files. (laughs) That will be the crowning jewel, shall we say. It was a high. It was a high moment. And the funny thing was like, um, we did so many music videos and, and little skits in this drama class. And I remember one of the final ones we did was of, um, Spice Girls. Yeah. Um, Spice Up Your Life. Mm-hmm. And we were like a group of almost all girls and mm-hmm. we were each like one of the, the Spice Girls. And then mm-hmm. my friend, hats off to him. He was stuck in our group. Oh, it's like mouth. Yes. Yeah, he was very much like a mouth, like shout out to him because um, we made him Scary Spice and the boy, the boy committed because he came to our little recording performance in a full length, like faux cheetah jacket. Amazing. It was amazing. It was amazing. Where did he get that from? It was like a costume costumey thing like who knows where he got it from um he kind of looked like a pimp in the video but amazing he committed and was dedicated with us and did all the dance moves and he was a rock star 
Amazing. Yeah. So having that little flashback moment to grade 10 drama class just made me think of those those times and somewhere all those videos exist. And yep. I, I pray to God our drama teacher burned them. <laughs> yeah. See, I've just come to the conclusion similar, uh, you know, similar vein to you, but not at all. Uh, I just, I think I've been watching too much One Tree Hill because of an experience that happened yesterday that you were on the phone with me for, right? Right. And it was probably like 8.30 at night and my boyfriend wasn't home. So I was kind of like, okay, the roads are a bit bad, but that's fine. And as I was on the phone with you, he called me like three times. And it was like kind of 10 minutes in between. And it was pretty late. Like he had told me he was going grocery shopping like two to three hours before. And I swear to God, I was like, Laura, I need to get off the phone. And she was like, why? And I'm like, because he's in the ditch somewhere, freezing, about to be kidnapped by a fake brother. (laughs) He's probably bleeding out as well, you know. Probably bleeding out. (laughs) Like, he might end up in the hospital. Who knows? And, yeah, that was when I'm like, I really need to just take a break because every horrible thing that happens to Peyton, I've now assumed will happen to me in my life. Because it's just super realistic. Oh, very, very, very realistic. And for our listeners, he was fine. He oh, was yes. literally he was leaving the grocery store and letting her know. Yeah, it was it was very sweet, but I swear to God, I was just like, I was like, Laura, I have to get off the phone. He's dead. It's all it's all going to hell. <laughs> <laughs> and immediately, once I got off the phone, I just texted you, and I was just like, I think I think I'm watching too much One Tree Hill. So yeah. then I replaced the stress of One Tree Hill with the stress of Outlander season three. But that's the story for another day. It is because today we are talking about side hustle culture. And uh, this one is one we've we've had it on the list for a long time. And we kept like pushing it back and back because we're just like, we need to be in the right space yep. to be able to tackle this episode. Yep. So oh, can I start us off with a definition? Just yeah. to, you know, get it out there. Basically, hustle culture, it's built around the assumption that if you work hard enough, your success is basically guaranteed, which, spoiler alert, it's not. And hustle culture is the mindset that you need to work all day, every day, very often doing multiple different jobs or projects in order to meet your personal or financial goals. So it's overworking to a point where it becomes your lifestyle and you don't have any time for anything else. And I don't know if you agree with this, Laura, but in my opinion, it just seems like a fancy buzzword for workaholism to just make it sound less horrible. Do you agree with that? I do agree with that. And if we were recording this episode like four years ago, oh, 100%. my viewpoint would be 100% different on yep. where it is today. And I'm going to probably come off like really spicy and really salty and I just want to like <laughs> put my own disclaimer out here that the things that I am um, angry about mm-hmm. are like the societal pressures and norms. Um, it's not yes. people who like want to have a side business. Um, no, no. And potentially like, you know, make that their main income or, uh, you know, they just do it because they love it. I am not firing at 
those people. It's society that I'm mad at. So um, please don't take offense if if I kind of come off a little sharp. And mm-hmm. really, like, if you have a little business that you love, share it with us because, like, we definitely want to check it out and support you. Mm-hmm. And let's get into it, Rachel. Um, yeah. Before before we jump off, I just wanted to add to that. Like, yeah, it's definitely just more the societal pressure and especially the words that come from very successful people that create a toxic environment where you're being told over and over again, you're not successful unless you work 80 plus hours a week, which is just, it's not really true. No. And yeah, like what I'm really mad at is that people are not making enough from their full-time job that they have to, like they have to Mm -hmm. take on these extra jobs. Mm -hmm. Um, And I saw this great thing and it's now like my new motto. It shouldn't take two jobs to live one life. Let's start with the word hustle. I Uh, fucking hate this word. I absolutely hate the word hustle. And the reason why um, is because I think of the hustler kid from recess Remember that oh guy? God. He had yes, the trench coat. He would yeah. like kind of speak in that low, fast voice and then open up his trench coat. He'd have like math test answers or watches, you know, like just oh that God. whole persona. And that's what I always think about hustle. And so right at the start of this episode, um, if you are someone who is a quote unquote side hustler, throw that word out because yeah. you need to own what you do. If it's something that you love and you are proud of, tell people you have a business, you have a venture. Don't like make it an afterthought. If it's something that you love, own that. Um, So that is why like I personally don't say side hustle very often. I'll say like side venture, side business, um, even a side job, just because Mm -hmm. I hate that word hustle so much. And I think it has such like a negative connotation especially Mm -hmm. in uh, today's society. Like Mm -hmm. it's just so overused and it's not healthy. So no more side hustle. Well, I I think as well, just the word hustle in general, because I feel like that exists as well in roles where they don't necessarily have a side business, but they give 100% of their time basically to their big corporate job. Right. Like they – are always the first one into the office and always the last one out. Like the lines between their personal life and their work life are like completely non-existent. Like they're reachable at all hours of the day. Like I just think that that word in general as a definition of success and something you need to do to be successful doesn't jive. No, like it's just a toxic word on its own. And I kind of want to run down a thing's like a list of things that are not normal. First one, financial anxiety. Mm -hmm. Number two, monetizing your hobbies. Number three is glorifying overworking. And Mm -hmm. number four is self-optimization. These are not normal things. These are things that have just been created and boosted and everyone's talking about them and doing them. So now we feel like we need to do it. And if you don't have, you know, another source of income, or if you're not working yourself to death, you are considered not normal. And really like the thing that's not normal is all those things that I just mentioned. 
Yep. And another one to add on that that I know will get you going even more is feeling like rest, socializing, or any sort of activity that could give you personal pleasure is a waste of time. Yep, that really boils my blood. (laughs) (laughs) Not going to lie. Not going to lie. The summary of it all is, you know, we shouldn't be applauding overworking because it's not a badge of honor, you know, like – and in the corporate world, speaking from experience and and listening to other people's experiences, like no one pats you on the back for working more hours. No. No one. Or for not taking your vacation. No one is going to pat you on the back for that. They're probably not going to remember or even acknowledge it. They're going to be like, oh, thanks for doing that. Here's some more work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's like you get rewarded with more responsibility for zero extra compensation. Yeah, because um, I feel like a lot of employers have this idea in their head where people work for more than just money. And granted, like it's nice to have perks, mm-hmm. but really 99% of the people in the world only work to be able to afford things for their yeah. life. So, you know, like free pizza Fridays and, you know, casual Fridays are not going to make up for a lack of financial compensation or a lack of freedom in their time. Mm-hmm. So, you mm-hmm. know, don't accept that if if that's what's on the table. Mm-hmm. And then on the other side with the employee, if we're staying in that vein or even with people starting out, it's... Uh, the feeling that the harder that you work, the more celebrated that you are, and then the further you're going to get because you're more celebrated. But like we just said, oftentimes it's maybe like a, oh, yeah, thanks for getting that done over the weekend, but it's you're not standing out. You just made their job easier. Yeah, and I think um, this is a big thing when it comes to women. Yes. Um, Because a very common theme that you see is that, and actually um, we talked about this with Preeti many times uh, over on the Empowered Woman Rises podcast, is that, you know, men are promoted based on their potential Mm -hmm. and women on their um, past experience. Yeah. So, you know, I find with women, like, we almost feel like we need to be the people pleasers. We need to work hard so we can like make a stand in our companies to be able to succeed. Mm-hmm. But in many cases, like so many of these women are we're overworking, they're sacrificing time with friends and family and their their own mental health just to watch other people get promoted ahead of them. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I think it's a very sad thing to see. So – I'm not telling people, like, don't try at your jobs. Like, obviously, like, do try. well and be proud of what you do. But, you know, don't work yourself to the bone if there's no benefit. That's mm-hmm. that's really what I'm coming from. Yeah. And I, there was something that I wanted to ask you because there is an illusion or perception around hustling that you're being more productive and more efficient. But – on my end, like you're exhausted all the time, you're stressed and you're overwhelmed and 
just anxious in general that I find it actually makes you less productive. Do you agree yes. with that? Oh my, yes, I'm actually so glad you brought this up because there is something called the law of diminishing returns. Mm-hmm. So this is like a total output versus total input uh, curve where mm-hmm. in the first stage, you know, there's productive phase. You're, the graph is on the rise because at the start, every unit of input leads to productive gains. Yeah. And then you get to this point, and it's called the point of diminishing returns. Mm-hmm. So it's that kind of finite space where, yes, you are able to continue doing more input, more hours, more work. However, the gain that you're getting is not the same as that initial productive phase. Mm-hmm. So once you hit that point, any additional input will give you a slower gain in output. Yeah. Um, and that is until you get to the point of maximum output. So like you're working 24-7. Let's, let's mm-hmm. be like a little bit unrealistic here. But for some people, not unrealistic. And that is when you cross over and the chart starts going down. And that is the negative returns. So once you reach this phase, every additional input will give you negative returns. So it's like you're so exhausted that even write an email, you're making mistakes, you're leaving things out. Um, mm-hmm. If you have a very like tactile job, you know, maybe you're breaking something or uh, just can't quite get it right. Mm-hmm. And there's just, there's nothing left. So why should we continue if there is no more benefit? Well, it's that thing where you're moving from quality to just quantity. Yes. And what you're doing And the more and more you push yourself to put out there and produce, you're not doing your best work. It's just going to get kind of crappier and crappier if we're being brutally honest. Yeah. And that's what this whole hustle culture is about is it's not about quality. It's just about quantity. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't just impact the quality of your work, but – It also just impacts generally the quality of you as a person because I know we're going to get into our experiences a bit more later, but for instance, like there was a period of time where I was working like three jobs at one time and I know you've been in this situation as well and you were with me when that was happening, but like I was mean Because like I was tired and I was always stressed out and I was always going from point A to point B. That like I was snapping at people, like I wasn't taking care of my body. I just – I was like literally becoming a shell of myself. Yeah, I do remember that. And, you know, same things happen to me. Um, And what it is, it's burnout. It's literal burnout, which is now – Um, I actually saw this in an article today that burnout is a new workplace disease that people are ending up in the hospital for. So it's actually something that is threatening your life. With hustling and hustle culture, it's pretty much almost inevitable that it's going to happen. Like you can only work at that speed and that intensity for so long before it happens. Yeah, and it's such a problem in like the millennial generation and the Gen Zs because, you know, we can barely make it with just one full-time job Mm -hmm. that we have to take on more. So, you know, 
no wonder this generation is not going to live as long as their parents. Mm -hmm. Because you're just adding stress, you're adding unhealthy lifestyles, and that is a big killer. It's a silent killer, but Mm -hmm. it's going to catch up with so many people, and it's just absolutely devastating. And it is an unhealthy lifestyle, but social media and just media in general have found a way to display it to the world in a way where if you are not hustling, you are a failure and you're not doing enough. Insert Elon Musk. Oh my God. I'm so glad you had his line because I have I had his, his too and I was just like, oh, it made me so mad. Oh my gosh. Like the things that the man tweets, he works, he, he admittedly works over a hundred hours a week and obviously like he's done well for himself. But I, I remember f- seeing this floating around a few months ago. It was like Elon Musk, like daily schedule. The man mm-hmm. does not sleep like yeah. at all. Like he's up before 5 a.m. and is up working until like 1 o'clock in the morning, 2 o'clock in the morning. How long is That's that horrible for? How long? And people people like worship Elon Musk. Um, I think we need to yeah. stop that now because he's like been saying some real sketch things. And yeah. doing some sketchy things. Uh, that's yeah. a different kind of episode. But so many people look up to him and they're like, oh, well, to get that, to be like the richest man in the world, I need to work nonstop. And the thing is, there's so much going on in the background that people don't know about and don't understand. Mm-hmm. You know, like we come from the finance world. We know how wealth is generated uh, when you have it. It's not by working hundreds and hundreds of hours. No, it that's not how wealth is generated. And that's the thing that especially for him to say those things. And I, it, it's a well-known quote of his, and I don't know if you had had it written down, but like no one ever changed the world in 40 hours a week. Like, oh, that one? Oh, shut yeah. up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know that but exact quote. That's kind of the thing is that there's this impression, not just from him, but like literally all over social media. I think we've talked briefly about some of the finance accounts that just really drive us nuts. Oh, yeah. I almost pulled some of those quotes, but I didn't want to get myself really riled up. <laughs> yes, where it's like just presented as – if you just work your ass off and everything you make from either your salary or ownership, like business income, if you're starting your own business and stuff, that your own physical output is going to make you a billionaire. It's not, that's not how it works. (laughs) That's how you start, but like, it's not just that. No. And I think the thing is, is that, you know, all the, all the influencers and the and the super wealthy people and the celebrities in the world who are flashing their wealth and saying like, oh, I work nonstop. There's things like behind the curtain yeah, going on that a lot of people don't see and they don't understand. Like financial literacy mm-hmm. in the world is almost non-existent. You know, very few people um, know about managing their money Mm -hmm. and cash flow. So what we do know though is, you know, okay, if we we work all these hours, I get compensated for that. Mm -hmm. So that's how like I generate money. Where, you know, lifestyle inflation is not taken into account. There's so much that's not taken into account. 
that actually helps you grow your wealth. Like, you know, yes, working 100 hours a week and getting paid per hour, yeah, yeah, maybe that builds the cash flow. Mm -hmm. But if you can't keep and manage that money, then it's just going out the door. Yeah. And a kind of really, really pessimistic view to take and one that I have is that there is a huge benefit to employers and shareholders that comes from this illusion that if you just work really damn hard, you can get rich because you're going to work really, really hard for somebody else. Exactly. So a nice dark assessment. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Rachel, I want to pick your brain a little bit about the hashtag girl boss. Uh, So we've kind of talked about hustle culture like just in general, mm -hmm. but what about when it's like just just putting that lens on women and, you know, to be a hashtag girl boss, which we should all strive to be, you know, we have to fall victim to working all of these hours, 100 plus hours a week, um, can't have families, don't have a relationship, no more friends, no more life mm-hmm. because, you know, we need to go out and make a stand and and rock at our jobs. What are your thoughts? First of all, why does it have to be called girl boss? Just why why do we have to infantilize women is my first question. Mm -hmm. Do you have an answer? I don't. I don't have an answer to that. And really what this is, at least how I see it, it's just just a mask for the hustle culture. But Mm -hmm. like – it's just like, well, women, if you want to be empowered, this is what you need to do. You need, And mm-hmm. really what that is, is you need to go do this super unhealthy thing that will diminish your mental health mm-hmm. and just take the joy out of life. And it's this false impression that you're climbing the corporate ladder, mm-hmm. but really you're just burning yourself out. Yeah. I think it's hard to pluck girl bossing out in this lens because I think this issue has always been around for women where it's unfortunate, but we do have to work that much harder than men to get to the same place that they're at. Yeah, absolutely. So so I I feel like it, it, it can't be as women, it can't be our responsibility to fight this because we live in a patriarchal society, and to be totally honest, I feel like this just driving, like, grind yourself into the ground hustle culture has stemmed from a lot of men. Yeah, exactly. Like, Hot I feel take. like girl boss <laughs> is, you know, just a new label for it, really. Like, that's mm-hmm. that's all it is. Um, I think it's it's a way – it's a – how it started in my view is the fact that we as women acknowledge that fact that we have to work that much harder that I feel like it started in a way for us to feel like we can be empowered still in that realm where we know for a fact that we have to work that much harder. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, it yeah. does. So – which is sad. <laughs> It is. So anyway, how about we kind of go into our own 
personal experience sure with with the hustle culture Rachel why don't you go first okay so I feel like I had told one story previously in the podcast so I'm gonna tell another one because I have fallen victim to this um many of the times probably about two or three times in my young adult life but mine was more of a symptom of the fact that I had moved to a big city and I couldn't afford to live off the salary that I was being given. So I was working two jobs. So basically I would work uh, 9 to 5.30, 9 to 6 during the week. And then I would work full days as a server on the weekends. So I was really doing myself in with that where during the week I was mentally uh, tiring myself out. And then on the weekends I was physically tiring myself out. So basically I was exhausted the whole time. And it started as more just, I just wanted to supplement my income a bit, but I, I don't know if this happened to you too, but I have a weird relationship with hourly positions where I love to see the difference between if I worked six hours that day or I work 10 hours that day. Do you know what I mean? Like seeing how that dollar would change? Yeah, like just in your daily pay of what you would get? Yeah. So what had started as just like, okay, I just need some extra money just to help make ends meet. It turned a bit obsessive where I was really taking on way more than um, I could. And I was definitely – I sad, like I was exhausted and like physically I was tired out. But why I wanted to tell this story specifically was that it triggered a weird binging behavior for me financially. So I was like, I had this thought when I was driving today and I was like, that's an interesting thing that happened where when I originally started to do my side hustle, which was serving, it was just to save some extra money. But with the fact that I was basically working 24-7, I was never giving myself time to enjoy the nice things like going to see my friends or going out for dinner, maybe like getting myself something cute at winners, you know, like I never had any time for myself that it was like once I would get that paycheck from the serving that was supposed to go into savings, I would like literally go into this craze where I would just online shop. So I would like buy something from Sephora or I would buy something from Old Navy and such because it felt like because I had deprived myself and I was feeling so deprived of any of my own personal joys, I would like binge on it. Does that make sense? I love that you brought this up because I think it fits so well with what we were just talking about earlier in Mm -hmm. that, um, you know, how society, uh, the majority of society knows how to make money is through hourly work. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't necessarily mean wealth because the other side of that is how you manage your money and your cash flow. Mm-hmm. So really that is like the most perfect example right there. So even though, Rachel, you were working almost seven days a week, mm-hmm. um, which is a crazy amount because you literally have no oh, I downtime. Literally, 
I literally work seven days a week. Do you want to know what my hours were? Sure. So it was nine, nine to five thirty, but usually it was I would get on the bus at eight and I would get home around six thirty. Okay. With my um full-time salary job. And then at the worst of it, I would then leave work on Friday and go directly to the place where I was serving to work until close there on Friday nights. I would have until about four o'clock on Saturday to like rest. And then I would work from four to close on Saturday. And then I would work a 12-hour shift on Sunday. Yeah. So all that time and that you were putting in and the money that you got out of it, at the end of it, when you got your paycheck, you really didn't have anything to show for it after that because- Not really. It was gone already because you Mm -hmm. had been so deprived and you felt like like you need to be social or you you need something to boost your mood. Um, Mm -hmm. This is what, you know, shopping therapy is all about, retail therapy. Yeah. because you needed to compensate for all that that lost downtime of just being with yourself. And mm-hmm. I think that this happens to so many people. And it's really where the burnout starts because mm-hmm. they're putting all this time in. But then, you know, they never do have enough money for that vacation or um, to buy their home or to be able to quit that second job mm-hmm. because they're so deprived that the, the cash is just gone. Or – they just don't have the knowledge of of how to manage it, which is just a sad reality for so many people. It is. And another thing that I remember going on with me was because like you've served as well. Like you know how physically exhausting. Oh, it's that like is. one of the most demanding jobs. Like Ever. like for, for <laughs> a job that like, you know, you can really uh just kind of get and and do and you do actually make good cash serving mm-hmm. like i i really loved it for the cash but like man my body at the end of the day oh i like it was in rough shape it was in rough shape like i was just on my feet for so many hours mm-hmm. and you'd be in the in the heat in the sun the cold like it didn't matter what you were doing like that is a physically demanding job yeah and the problem was is that since i had to work 7 days a week i never got any rest so it was almost like my my work during the week was exhausting me for my work on the weekend, so I wasn't performing as well for my work on the weekend. And then my work on the weekend was exhausting me, so I wasn't performing as well as I could during my work during the week. Yeah, which- and one thing I want to insert here, because you had mentioned it um, many, many episodes ago, but it mm-hmm. is it Bedtime Revenge? Oh, revenge, bedtime procrastination. Yes, I would yes. do that too. Yeah. I, I did not get much sleep even though like I was very lucky with where I worked serving that I'd be home by 9.30. Does not mean I went to bed then. <laughs> no, because probably all you wanted to do was like throw on a Netflix show and mm-hmm. just like try to unwind. But then that would keep you up until like midnight and then you'd have to be mm-hmm. up to do it all over again. Yeah. And I think that this is a big problem that is happening is that I shouldn't I shouldn't have had to work two jobs considering I was working full time in a office position that was like a career like this is a career path yeah like it was an entry level position 
But, but still, one would hope that that position, regardless of what it is, mm-hmm. would pay for your basic necessities. Yeah. And I think that that um, symptom of the current employment landscape where you're not getting paid for – you're not getting paid appropriately is really like cutting people down at the ankles. Like I was not – in my best state of mind to perform to the best of my ability in my actual job for my career. And I'm definitely not the first person that has gone through that. No. And it just, it feels like then employers would get mad and be like, oh, well, why not really speaking from personal experience, but I've heard stories like this where it's just like, oh, well, why aren't you performing well? And it's just like, I literally have to work every day of my life so that I can stay in this position. That's why I'm yeah. not performing that well. <laughs> and how how messed up is that? That like I have to work another job so I can work, go to this job. <laughs> like Yeah. I remember that is, that is the like most fucked up thing ever. <laughs> I my one of my experiences that is so like, oh my God, I will never forget this. There was a meeting at 9 a.m. on Monday right? Mm -hmm. And I was literally working like a Christmas banquet on the Sunday. So I was not on my emails. And my boss almost missed the 9am meeting. And when they came in, they go, oh, well, when we have a, a Monday meeting, you should remind me the day before. And I'm like, I'm literally at my other job so that I can come to this job. No, I'm not going to remind you on a Sunday. About your meeting. Yeah. And okay, this just kind of popped up in my head, but weren't they mad that you had another job? Oh, I wasn't – I never told them because they had uh, a bad opinion about quote-unquote moonlighting. Right. That's what it was, moonlighting. So instead of, you know, avoiding this situation altogether and paying their employees a livable wage, Mm -hmm. they just condemned it. And they're like, don't know how you're going to make rent and eat, but like, you can't have another job. Yep. So, and I definitely wasn't the only one there who was serving. I just kept it a bit more of a secret, I think. Right. So, yeah. Um, Those are my thoughts. I just, I really wanted to share that story because like I was driving along today and I was like, what am I going to, which experience am I going to bring up? And then I remembered how I literally would like get paid And then just because I hadn't had any joys over that course of two weeks, I would be like, okay, $400 at Sephora, let's do it. I did not have that to spend. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's the most like brilliant example and it fits in so well with so many different people's experience. So I really think that's like relatable and -hmm. it just emphasizes how uh, toxic and dangerous that this this culture is. It is. And – it's especially dangerous because of the fact that, you know, I'm looking at my notes now and I had some tips to like overcome it and, you know, work yourself out of hustle culture. But like the thing is, is that I wasn't doing it because I wanted to, you know, it's like, it's fine and dandy to be like, oh, well don't hustle. But it's like, in a lot of cases, you absolutely, that is how you survive. It is how you survive. And that's and that's what really gets me going the most is 
that, okay, I think I've said it like a million times already, but, <laughs> you know, we shouldn't have to work two jobs to live one life. No. Yet that's that's what everything has come to. And, you know, we're from Canada and I know like the problem is bad here and I think it's like bad everywhere mm-hmm. and especially down in the States, like it's it's just terrible what people mm-hmm. have to do just to keep the lights on. Yeah. So what a fun positive episode. Love it. <laughs> right. Do you want to jump into your example? I'm excited for yours because you really were the hustle queen. Oh my God. There. That's exactly how I was going to open with. <laughs> I got you. Yep. I was the hustle queen and I wore overworking as a badge of honor. Oh God. Looking back, looking back, it's just like, ah. Oh. You really monetized quite a few of your hobbies. Everything. Rachel, at the peak, Everything. <laughs> at the peak of it, I had between six and seven different ways I was earning money. Yeah. I don't even, even know. I, I don't even know how I lived because like like I work full time now and you know, I'm I am guilty of sometimes working a little bit late, but you mm-hmm. know, I do try and balance that with like, okay, you know what, I worked an extra two hours yesterday. I'm gonna, you know, chill a little bit more today. So I have mm-hmm. gotten better in that sense. But when I think about what I would do in a day, mm-hmm. um I don't know how I did it because I would literally do at minimum three of those different jobs in one day. Well, I mean, you were even monetizing your sleeping with your house sitting. (laughs) (laughs) Like, like I just, I was the master at layering. And I think I will share this one peak. Um, So I technically had two full-time jobs. Um, one I would work about four days a week and then the other one, um, I would do sales calls and then I would be in the office on that fifth day. Um, Mm -hmm. so there was, there was two full-time jobs. Like I was working a full day (laughs) and then having to do the other one Mm -hmm. in between that during that sometimes. Um, and then I would be usually house sitting, Mm -hmm. um, and, okay, a lot of people know like horses are our life. Um, I would usually be house sitting at someone who had horses. So I would also be doing massage therapy on their horses. So making money from sleeping at their house and working on their horses. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and if you drink tea, I sold you tea. Um, and then on, yeah, I still do. You know what? That is really just for my own addiction. So I don't have to spend so much money. So that that was Fair a enough. smart one. I like that one because it's no money out of my pocket. It's just like tea in my cupboard. Um, and then on the weekends, I would also serve at yep. the local restaurant. <laughs> like, oh my god, yeah. how did how did I do that? No one saw me. You had to catch me somewhere along my route. Yeah, um, I would see you at the farm. Yeah, that was that was really when I would just emerge and take like an hour or two <laughs> to to chill. To um, be working in some way though, considering it was exercise. Oh, I'm pretty sure yeah, it was either like exercising a horse or I was actually doing the stalls. Um so again, monetize that. Um mm-hmm. 
I yeah, if if it could be monetized, I did it. <laughs> and, um, it was really great. It was a good time. Same yeah. And same thing with you, Rachel. Like, yes, I had like really good cash flow. Um, but like not like because at the time I wasn't as financially literate mm-hmm. as I am now. Um, I was on my way, like I was under like learning about investing and I was trying to learn, but mm-hmm. I still had a lot of bad habits to overcome. So very similar to you, you know, I wasn't getting wealthy working mm-hmm. six to seven jobs. Yeah. I was literally just getting by. And I think we that's did, definitely where like lifestyle inflation comes yeah. in. We did have a bit of an of an airy addiction. That was going true. on. Yeah, we had like shopping addictions. Like, um, so I feel like like we are not out of the norm for people who have to work multiple jobs like you know we all kind of stuck at it mm-hmm. <laughs> um, to be honest so that was so bad and you know what I was working towards some savings goals and yes I did hit them um one big thing was going on our trip and like I that was literally that was really the peak when I was working my ass off mm-hmm. um to be able to pay like cash for that trip but like on top of that I still had to pay for my living expenses and mm-hmm. and my bills so it had a time and a place mm-hmm. in my life could I go back to doing that now absolutely no. not I am pushing 30 um <laughs> <laughs> I am old <laughs> I, yeah no no I am like oh it's it's time for the end of the day okay goodbye like I'm I'm not doing anything else I um, clock out and I lie on my couch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have I have other things to do with my life. But like I and I was so proud. I was able to tell people exactly how much I was making every hour of the day. So same similar to what I was doing. Yeah. Of and that. like how messed up is that? It's so messed up. Oh, like, yeah. And I had this huge complex that if if I took a day off or time off, which I didn't, I never took holidays um, because I didn't, I didn't get paid. And to me, this mm-hmm. was like the worst thing ever because all of my jobs were either service-based or time-based. So it's not like a salary job, which yes, you know, it has its pros and cons, but at least when you take time off, like you're still getting your regular paycheck. Mm-hmm. So I had like a fear of idle time and yeah. I would panic if I thought I was resting too much. Mm-hmm. Like I would have a literal panic attack mm-hmm. over it because I would think that I was lazy and and I wasn't trying and like I was a failure. Um, it was just such a toxic mindset and it is literally taking me years to get over it and it was just a very gradual thing of learning to be okay with not working and Mm -hmm. not feeling like a failure if I took a holiday um I really had to step back and I literally went from 100 to zero because I I hit a wall that I was just so burnt out that I couldn't do any of those things anymore. Mm-hmm. Like I literally had nothing left in the tank 
it was all I could do just to work one full-time job mm-hmm. because I was so physically and mentally exhausted. Yeah. Um, so it's taken me a long time to recover, but I think in that um, I'll sometimes like find myself slipping into that pattern of just like, oh, what if I just got like some little side business mm-hmm. going? And I'm like, no, no, Laura, you cannot go down that road anymore because now I have so much more appreciation of and, and value towards my time and myself, mm-hmm. really. Like I respect mm-hmm. myself a lot more not to put mm-hmm. myself through that physical and mental strain. Um, but yeah, it was a very long road to get this far and before people like add us this podcast yes is a business it's our little side hustle but it's fun i know but this is something that like it doesn't take us a lot of time every week and i absolutely enjoy sitting down with my best friend and just talking about shit like this um like to me this is not a job so that is why when we at first like talked about doing this I did have to sit with myself and just being like okay well like am I gonna fall into a pattern and um you know get myself all wound up thinking I should always be doing something and luckily like you know when you have a friend (laughs) to do it Mm -hmm. with um I've been able just to be like okay that was time for full-time job work we're gonna do a little bit with the podcast and that's it for the week So, yeah, I I think it's just like I have to be very selective about what I do because anything that requires um, like an hourly commitment of my time for pay, I know is just super not okay for me because like you, Rachel, like I'll count up those hours and be just like, yeah, I made this much um, and I really don't want to go back there. No, no, I I don't either. It's very – obsessive thing yeah so I really am trying to focus on that mindset of quantity sorry whoa whoa whoa, <laughs> whoa, whoa. whoa we're really off track here <laughs> yes um so sorry um I'm really trying to focus on the quality over quantity and yes when you have things that are quality based for side for for businesses and side side jobs um the return is not always immediate, mm-hmm. but over time, your hard work into it is going to be um, exponentially more beneficial with still you not having to put um, a certain number of hours in. And that has been a big thing for me to learn where before it was all about like, okay, I want like cash now. So with that, you know, you kind of have to give up your time for that cash where now I'm just like, okay, like, no, we don't live off the podcast. Um, Nope. (laughs) But who knows? Maybe one day it'll be that nice supplement and we'll still be sitting here on a Wednesday evening just talking and drinking tea. Mm -hmm. So those are my life lessons. I hope (laughs) you enjoyed them. (laughs) <laughs> I I did. I did. I I'm just I'm just like, geez, I'm just gonna let you go because I've got nothing to add to to your your life lessons right now. <laughs> I feel like whenever like I have a life lesson to share about work, I'm like, gather around children. 
Let me tell you of my failures. <laughs> You're like Rachel. Not failures. Silence. My life, ex- my life experience. <laughs> You're like Rachel. Silence. <laughs> um, teacher is talking. <laughs> yes. So let's kind of switch gears a little bit and focus a little bit more on the positive because we There's both positives. Agree. <laughs> yes. Yes, I have positives. I brought the positives. Okay. I didn't. I <laughs> oh, you didn't. I love it. <laughs> I, I didn't know Rachel, we were talking about shit. positives. <laughs> I didn't know we were talking about positives. That's okay. I brought some positives because I, I think we both acknowledge that we just unfortunately do not live in a world where one job is going to be enough financially, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. I do hope that it changes but that could be in the future and we need to look at the now. So, um, you know, like our little disclaimer at the very beginning, we are not against people having second jobs and businesses and and that kind of stuff. That's not where we're throwing shade. Um, But there are some things, you know, if you do want a business, you should kind of consider. So one thing is don't do what everything – um so the first thing is (laughs) shut up (laughs) um so the first thing is don't do what everyone else is doing and Mm -hmm. I feel like influencers are the dirty culprits here because Mm -hmm. um we never see the time and all the work that went into them growing their following like some people get lucky other people it takes them years to get to like millions of followers and their influence to a to a point where it's like sustainable to mm-hmm. live off of. Mm-hmm. But the thing is they're they're sort of throwing out like their flashy cars, their flashy home, all their holidays that they get. And there's so much that people don't see behind that. Um so if you're someone who like like us hates Instagram, yes. Don't become an Instagram influencer. Yes. You know, just because someone else is doing that, um, it doesn't mean that that's the only thing. And really, you need to pick something that you like. So, you know, if you like walking dogs, walk dogs. It's like a genius you know? idea. I should have done that. Yeah. Like, I know so many people who love to organize things and paint. And they have businesses where they organize people's closets and homes. Mm-hmm. Or they, like, paint their walls. Um, next, it doesn't have to become your main income. And I feel like that's, that's also – That's very another- important. <laughs> yeah, I feel like this is something that's, like, thrust upon us that we should all – I think a popular meme is, like, I'd rather hustle 24-7 than slave 9 to 5. I'm pretty sure that's oh my what God. it is. And not everyone – needs or wants to be their own boss okay Mm -hmm. and like that's a hard thing to do Mm -hmm. as well and some people like they don't have an interest in that and it's fine so the point of that is you know it's okay if you feel like you need to have a little side business or a little side job for a purpose um you know like saving for a holiday or saving for a house it doesn't have to be something that is going to be like changing your whole life 
just so you can run your company. If it becomes that, cool, good for you. Mm-hmm. But if it's just a short-term thing, awesome. You know, it's fine to want to work for other people, um, especially if you work with with a really great company mm-hmm. and you're helping them build that dream and they treat you fairly, awesome. You know, go mm-hmm. with that. Don't feel like you need to be the one with the business. And yeah, just off of that, like you don't have to do it forever. Yep. So those are some of my tips. If you want a side business, mm-hmm. that was all quality. Thank you. No problem. So I enjoyed. See, that. I did have a little bit of positive. I brought it. <laughs> um, and I think the main thing is uh, there's a false impression that it's easy. Yeah, it's not. It's no. it's really not. It's very hard. Um, as someone who has had her own little side businesses, uh, they take a while to grow mm-hmm. and they are a lot of work, especially to maintain and keep doing them. So yeah, just acknowledge that. You know, I hate when you see those ads and it's just like, I made $75,000 this month and you can too. No, no, you can't. Um, yeah. That person, it probably took them years to make $75,000 a month. It's not going to take you a month. I can tell yeah. you that right now. So yeah, the idea is that if you're not working all the time, you're failing at life and newsflash, humans are fundamentally not supposed to work 24-7. No. No. And one last point that I would like to make on this is that when, especially if you're trying to overcome this is to really take a look at your definition of success. Because I think that this culture and just hustle culture as a whole has created the illusion that unless you are working all the time and like a millionaire, you are not successful in any way. And that's really toxic and what really drives this culture. So Just a nice question to ask yourself is how can you adjust your definition of success so it promotes a healthier lifestyle moving forward? Like, can you change it so that it includes your relationships or even what's the actual impact that you want to have on the world? Because impact does not necessarily equate to compensation. Oh, so true. Very true. So, yeah, you define success because there's lots of unhappy people with lots of money. (laughs) So, yeah, money, you know, I think once you have like you're able to get your basics covered and, you know, how you want to live your lifestyle, Mm -hmm. you don't need to keep hustling and hustling to have more and more and more because it doesn't necessarily mean more happiness or more friends. and there's actually one more thing I want to talk to you about, Rachel. Mm-hmm. Um, cottagecore. Have you heard of cottagecore? Cottagecore is my is me. <laughs> so it's kind of funny. So cottagecore is kind of like this anti-hustle um, culture movement mm-hmm. where people are kind of trying to return to like a more simple life. Like the extremists are literally like – moving out of cities onto farms and living a self-sustaining lifestyle, Mm -hmm. like awesome for those people. Um, I don't know if I could do that, but 
it's just trying to step away from the rat race a little bit. And when I was reading this one article, I had to laugh because uh, COVID actually really put the fast forward on this movement because so many people were opening their eyes and realizing that like, man, we've all just been working too hard. Like we work way too hard in North America um, and we do actually need to take a break. And someone had mentioned that the theme song for Cottagecore is Folklore and Evermore by Taylor Swift. And it's so true. So true. Like the lakes is Cottagecore right there. Yep. I just, I feel like Cottagecore is me and I am Cottagecore. That is my thoughts on that. (laughs) I just aspire. I aspire for that life. Yes, same here. I did indeed move out of the city and onto overall property. (laughs) I love it. Yep. Live in that cottagecore life. (laughs) Uh, No, I I don't have anything left to say. Do you? No, I think that's everything for me. Take care of yourselves, guys. Mentally, physically, emotionally, like – you're not doing your best work if you're always overwhelmed and stressed. So go easy on yourself out there. Yeah. We were not designed to work 24-7. No. So don't work 24-7. Just enjoy your mm-hmm. life because you only get one to live. Indeed. And with that, live like tea. Live like tea. <laughs>